Hi, this is Daniela Camboni. Welcome back to the Daniela Camboni Show here on ITM Trading. Well, my next guest is often known for his contrarian but accurate forecast on the markets, the economy, and the Federal Reserve policy. In fact, he has been called a leading Fed watcher by the Wall Street Journal. Uh, please welcome to the show uh, Bert Doman. He's the founder of Doman Capital Research and also of uh, the very well-respected Wellington Letter. Bert, it's been too long. So good to be reunited with you. Welcome. So welcome good to, to be with Nella you. Company show here. Yeah, good to see your pleasant face again. <laughs> well, we uh, we have a lot of ground to cover today. I've been following uh, the Wellington Letter um, with great interest, even though uh, most of the stuff I'm reading, you know, is is, is is really getting my mind going, thinking, you know, am I prepared enough for everything that you're you're talking about? So let's start with your recent edition that was mostly focused on what you see happening in China and what you say that China will lead the global markets into the abyss with what you're seeing happening there. It's funny because just this morning I saw, um, you know, a news headline from a former PBOC advisor insider saying oh everything you're reading on china it's really not so bad obviously it's a peabock insider saying this but i want to get your take on what you feel is happening in china and how you think it's going to spill over to the rest of the world here yes you know i've been saying for uh, i think about the last two years the next big uh, financial debacle in the world will be led by china china used to be the locomotive of the global economies okay and it really was you know, the low wages over there, the high productivity, I mean, over a billion very intelligent people, hardworking people, and so on. And, uh, you know, I was so impressed the first time I went to China with all the young people. You know, first of all, of course, you get the Chamber of Commerce speech that everything is so wonderful. And then you find from, from the young people, boy, I wish we could do this, I wish we could do this, and so on. But they're stopped all along the way by the government. And uh, I said to one of I said, after I came back, we are just lucky that they have communism over there because if they would ever adopt capitalism the way we have it in freedom and all these young people would be able to do what they want to do, they would run all over the West. Well, how much of what you're basing this thesis on has to do with the latest debacle that we saw with, with Evergrande? I mean, was that really the highlight of highlights of investor despair. This morning, we saw Azora Bank has a big portfolio of U.S. real estate. They had wrote off much uh, the bigger properties in the U.S. Uh, more than uh, by 50%. That's a big write-down, 50-55% of their real estate holdings. And there's one comment from an analyst that even says that Many of these loans, when they come to maturity, which is going to be in the next year or two, they will they don't have the money to pay the loans off. So this is the big debacle. Over the next year and a half or so, we're going to see about $2 trillion worth of commercial real estate loans coming due. Okay, so the only thing that banks can do is then extend the terms. You know, they say, okay, let's, let's extend it for a few years so that they don't have to count it as a default. Banks don't like defaults, okay? Because that's really bad for the balance sheet. So uh, we're gonna see a lot of these extensions, but the banks themselves have big problems. You know, yesterday we saw Community Bank of New York, you know, again, start tumbling. It had to be rescued one year ago in March. It was rescued by several other banks. 
Now they want their money back that they put into the bank. Okay. So what happened to that that stock yesterday? Down 38% in one day. Today, all the uh, the regional bank stocks were tumbling five, right. six, seven percent. So this is what happens. These are not isolated incidents. And nobody on on financial TV mentions it. They say, oh, well, this is one off, you know. No, this is systemic. We are seeing a gigantic systemic meltdown starting, starting. And once it gets rolling, it's going to be really, really, really hard to stop. I think part of the issue, Bert, is the disconnect, right? And, and the news that we're hearing. So people, you know, maybe watching this will say, okay, that's happening in China, but they can't see how that's going to domino effect into the U.S. when they're reading headlines of consumer confidence is, is robust. Inflation is coming down. The U.S. economy is, you know, the strongest on the block. Yeah. Um, so... See, China, so I think you know, Daniel, what's so important is in China, uh, analysts, you know, we've been looking at China uh, foreign uh, deposit outflows, uh, was actually called FDI, foreign deposit inflows. Uh, but now they're actually seeing for the first time outflows of this huge foreign money. You know, the, the money is leaving China, foreign money is leaving China. That is terrible. They are now seeing money leave so fast. There was even a rumor that when Xi Jinping was in San Francisco meeting with our president. Right. He was uh, hinting at getting a loan from the U.S. of $900 billion. You know, So their money is being depleted very fast. There was one news article that uh, I read a couple of weeks ago that the money going from China into Singapore uh, over the last few months is $1.2 trillion trillion. Can you imagine this money going to Singapore for safety? And I want to get back to your point about the banking crisis in the U.S. And this is so important because I feel that, you know, we all stopped talking about it. And there was this feeling of, okay, we're out of the woods. But to your point about Community Bank, which was the rescuer last last time around, is now in turmoil. And uh, here's this, this um report that says while regional banks that started off the new year strong the top six reported 15 percent to 38 percent drops in their profits year over year from 2022 to 2023 so let's talk about how how big of a crisis this could be well uh, i think you know the, the the problem last march when we had what uh, three or four banks failed inside of a month and uh, that was the biggest ever in history even bigger than the, the depression and uh, so uh, uh, people think the crisis is over just because a few banks failed and another one, a couple of others, I think, have to be bailed out. No, that's not true. The losses are still sitting there in their bond portfolios. They made a very bad bet, which is the same bet, uh, false bets that the U.S. investors made in the bond market. You know, we were shorting the bond market about two and a half years ago, three years ago. Shorting the bond market. He said, this is a no-brainer. You got to sell the bonds short. They're going to go down 40 to 60%. Right. You know, and they went down, what was it, 48% so far. It's not the end yet. But um, I, sorry. Yeah, no, but so they're 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 still sitting on these losses. 
unrealized losses, you know? And that is the big problem. So how are they gonna make up for these unrealized losses? All these bonds that they are sitting on in their portfolios are underwater, you know? They bought them when yields were th low, 3%, you know? So when the 3% goes up to 6% yield, then suddenly the bond goes down probably 35, 40, 45%. That's huge. Yeah. Would the in Fed 19, just keep, sorry. Yeah, you know, in 1978, for example, uh, when the Federal Reserve said, we're not going to use tight money to fight inflation, we're going to do it with interest rate policy, which meant raising interest rates. And my business was about one year old at the time. And I said, that means inflation full speed ahead. You have to sell bonds short, T-bonds. So we sold T-bonds short and we bought the, uh, we shorted the zeros actually, which had their coupon clipped off. And so you, in effect, you get leverage. You know, And over the next 30 years, they went up 40 fold in price, 40 fold. Yeah, so it was a huge profit. But uh, what, what happened with these um, bonds is when uh, inflation rises, the bond yields go up, which means bond prices go down. You know, it's just, it's mathematical. Yeah, has nothing to do with market forces, it's just mathematics. But who learns mathematics anymore? You certainly well, don't well, in school. Let me let me ask you. So let's say uh, crisis hits the regional banks yet again. Will the Fed just come in again and do that backdoor QE that we saw? I mean, how many times can they get rescued here? Well, that, that That is when we start talking about much higher inflation, although the economy may not be strong, okay? Now, in fact, Yesterday, you know, when I heard uh, the, head, the chairman of the Fed talking about the economy is strong, the labor market is very strong. That's all bunch of baloney. These are false numbers that they're using. These are all numbers that come from our Bureau of Labor Statistics, BLS. I, we call it Bureau of Lying Statistics because they lie with those numbers. They're all phony. They use seasonal adjustments to turn a big, uh, a big, uh, uh, positive, a big negative number into a positive number. In January of uh, last year, for example, uh, they reported 514,000 uh, new jobs created. And uh, so we went to the BLS website and here at the real number, two and a half million jobs were lost that month. So how do you turn 514 gained into a two and a half million dollar loss in jobs? These are numbers that are not realistic. Therefore, the GDP number is also totally wrong. They talk about a strong GDP. It's not strong because the GDP includes U.S. debt financing, deficit. They are included in GDP. So if our deficit financing doubles and so on, boy, our GDP is going to be 10%. You know? You can't, I mean, these are numbers are false and nobody on TV, none, none of these analysts take the trouble to analyze and see, okay, let's verify these numbers. You know, I mean, verification is so important. I always advise that to investors, verify. Don't just believe what you hear on TV. Verify the number yourself. Let me, let me ask you this because uh, you are known as one of the best uh Fed interpreters. So let's talk about that shift in language we heard from the Fed, where they kind of put the brakes on the talk of uh, you know cutting interest rates. Now they're saying one in March is now unlikely. 
there was a there was a change in in narrative, Bert. So what do, what do you think's going on at the Fed here? Well, assuming that they know what they're doing, which is a, a risky assumption, okay? Uh, because I don't remember one Fed chairman who was correct in any of his forecasts. Now that doesn't mean that for himself, he didn't know what was really going on. So, so that's always the question. I, I write that in every issue of our Wellington letter. Say, you know, we don't know if this is this false information is intentional or if they're just dumb. You know, we really don't know. I still don't know. I would like to know. It would be interesting to see if they really believe it. Maybe they do believe it. You know, because I remember in college. Uh, my degree was in chemistry, so I, I studied chemistry and physics was my minor. But I took two years of economics just to see why economists are always so wrong, you know. And I found out they didn't know Tell what me. the heck they were talking about. For the second year, advanced economics, you know, they used calculus, you know, higher mathematics, you know, and the professor didn't know it. So whenever it came to the math. To explain that, he asked for me to come up in front of a class and explain it. <laughs> it's like a meteorologist, Bert, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I, I so took that course to in meteorology because I learned how to fly. <laughs> let me ask you: What do you think they want to see before they start cutting rates? What they want to see? I yeah. Don't, does anybody know? I wish somebody would tell me. Are they looking for a strong economy? I mean, he was so bullying yesterday. Oh, the economy is so strong. Like he had accomplished a strong economy. And then another time we got a, a bad uh, economic number. And then the market, the stock market goes up because now the, oh, the Fed is going to cut rates. You know, so what yeah. is it? Do we want a strong economy? Or do we want a weak economy? I don't know. And, and on top of this, Bert, it's an election year. So how do you exactly. think? Exactly. Oh, you got it right there. So that's let's it. talk about how that's just the cherry on top of everything. Yeah, I think uh, that's a, an excellent point because the, the um, you know, traditionally in an election year, the stock market goes up, okay? Because the president wants to get reelected, okay? Now, this time around, uh, he's going to really need booming economy, maybe, I don't know, 10, 20% GDP growth, you know, and the 20% inflation that they're going to hide with their seasonal adjustments, because they never tell you the true inflation. You know, uh, here, uh, when inflation was at the high, about a, what, a year and a half ago, uh, the, uh, the official number was 9%. I think that was the high for inflation. The actual number calculated as it was in 1980, it's done by uh, Dr. John Williams of Shadow Stats. Mm -hmm. And he uh, figured it was 16.1% inflation. That was the actual inflation. So they, but uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics cranks it down uh, to an acceptable 9% at that time. So, so now and then to, yeah, the question is, what, what will it be? What will inflation be? That's why these long-term forecasts right now uh, for exact numbers, they're useless. Look at what they, they were just forecasting. Just a week ago, they were forecasting big uh, interest rate cut by the Fed on March and six more six cuts totally this year by the Fed. Okay, so suddenly we hear one speech of uh, Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve, and suddenly they reduce that to three. Oh, three cuts. Oh, maybe not even that, you know? So you see how long-term forecasts change, how quickly? That's why, you know, people should not 
look at these numbers as absolutes. These are all guesses. That said, Bert, I'd love to know um, assets, things you're liking. I mean, were you were you surprised to see gold rallying post the Fed uh, despite the cut, the, the no cut announcement? Yeah, I, I think gold, uh, you know, gold is always hyped, okay, because there's so many outfits selling gold, okay, and uh, so you're always going to hear these ads, and um, but I think this time looking at a purely technical, because that's what we do, advanced technical analysis. That only that will technical analysis tells you changes in supply and demand. That's all you forget all the other metrics like dividends and earnings, earnings. Oh my God, earnings are so overdone. You know, one one time the earnings of the stock go up and the stock goes down and the, the earnings go down and the stock goes up. These are all valueless. What you wanna know is what the big money is doing, okay? And the big money, you could you find that out by combining the price change with the volume change. We're firm believers in looking at volume. For example, here in January, the market was up, everybody was getting so excited and so on. Look at volume, volume stinks, there is no volume. Look at the IPO of uh, that they tried to do today, it was immediately went down, you know? There's no demand. So the only demand that we have now is high frequency trading, HFT. Over 80% of the trading volume on many days is HFT. These guys with their fast, super fast computers can enter 90,000 trades per second. Yeah. Trades, not shares, trades, 90,000. Can you compete with that? You These guys sitting in front of their laptops, do you think they can trade 90,000 trades per second with their little laptops? You know, no, this this is all a game right now. How can we make the money the fastest? These HFTs, they're not in it for buy now and we'll sell next year. No, they say buy now and we'll sell two hours later. You know, that's what it is. I I know I play tennis with someone who started the first HFT firm ever and finally sold it to a very large bank in New York for a very nice price. And uh, so he told me about they, they go for pennies per share profit, pennies, you know? So how can, but that changes the market equation. So, we, but, but the average person doesn't realize this. 80% of the volume is these algo traders, HFT. So that said, I'm assuming you're not in US equities. Well, uh, we like to be, especially in downturn, we like to be in, short U.S. equities. Talk to me, do you like commodities right now? The commodities, uh, yes, if inflation rises, but right now we're really on the cusp uh, of whether it's gonna be deflation or inflation. And it all depends on what the Fed does. The, the Fed creates the inflation, okay? Now, the, we can estimate that, of course. We don't know what they're gonna do because they don't know what they're gonna do. But all we can all we can see is the huge amount of money that has to be raised by the U.S. Treasury to finance the deficit, thirty-four trillion dollars worth of debt. They have to finance the interest rate payments on that. They have to finance the continuing new deficits. Okay, so that means that the federal the Federal Reserve will 
uh, have to come in as a buyer of last resort. We're seeing the last uh, auction of five-year uh, treasury bonds. was terrible. was terrible. There was no demand. The two-year had very good demand. So that means that the big money is now going to the very short short end. You know, We've been recommended, uh, recommending 90-day T-bills in the form of an ETF for over the last two years. Is that that's the best investment. Five and a quarter of, uh, percent interest. Free are, of are, local taxes. Um, are you long U.S. dollar? No, we're not. Uh, we don't have a position in U.S. dollar. U.S. dollar. See, this is again another hoax. Everybody says, "Oh, the dollar is going to go to zero. Dollar is going to lose all of its value because of these deficits and all the crazy stuff in Washington." No, the dollar's value is not a value. It is. Is a comparative value to other currencies, but the other countries are doing the same thing. So you don't know is Germany now going to be inflating more than the U.S. or or France or whoever. So it's a comparative. So it's very difficult to take a position in one currency and not another. China right now is, is still there has been a good short in the currency, but that will change once once they really step on the accelerator. Speaking of Plan Bs, let's wrap with this because we were really having a good conversation, and I think it's 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 one that we should share with the audience of how kind of before the start of the pandemic, you know, you kind of saw the writing on the wall, and you went to your Plan B. You you moved from California to Hawaii, and we were speaking about the importance of having a Plan B. So I'd love if you could just share some of that with with our audience here. Yeah, I think, you know, this is such an unusual time. You know, at the beginning of 2020, uh, you know, it's traditional that everyone in our business gives a forecast for the decade, <laughs> which, of course, <laughs> is not easy right. to do, you know. But I said, the, the best thing I can say, if, just read about the 1930s Great Depression, 10 years depression, okay? But it wasn't depression for 30 years. The stock market, yes, the stock market hit the skids, went down 80-some percent to the low, but then it had a 50% rally in the Dow. So you could make money even on the long side during that time. Nothing goes in a straight line forever. You know, everything goes in cycles. But uh, so I said, it's going to be like the 1930s. So that means we're going to have wars. We're going to have hostilities. We're going to have riots in the streets, burning cities. We're going to have droughts. We're going to have food shortages in some areas of the world, etc. So I outlined all these things and market crashes, and uh, so it's uh, all has come through, came all true in, in first three years. The last one of those items that to come true was wars. We didn't have a war, and then Ukraine started. Okay, then we had our war, and now we're going to have more wars because our war machine needs the money. We're facing a period worse than the 1930s then. I think so. You you also wrote um, in a, a former letter that the federal government is running its largest deficit as a percentage of GDP outside of World War II. You say another great achievement. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that uh, as a uh, the, the debt as a percent of GDP, it's not really that important. You know, they, they make too much of it. Because the, the government can print, 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 right. print. Uh, I mean, they used to be uh, uh, printing. Now it's cyber money. They just uh, make a few entries on a computer and suddenly they got another trillion dollars. 
you know, it's, uh, I remember in the late 1970s, uh, Congressman Ron Paul, he took a, a small group of us uh, in my business through the uh, through Washington, D.C. And one, yeah. one of the visits was uh, the printing press, the Bureau of Engraving, where they print the money. And the guy at, the, at that office, he said, we, had, we just got all new printing presses, the fastest printing presses in the <laughs> world. Heidelberg Presses from Germany. <laughs> we all had to laugh. because Not even made in the German USA. Oh, um, let's just, just one more point on, every, on having like a plan B or plan C in terms of everything we, yeah. we need to face. Um, for those listening at home saying, okay, that's great, but I, I, you know, I can't have maybe another home outside of, outside of the U S or, or, or whatnot. What can we do? Like simple things we can go do in the day to day to plan for what's coming. Well, I think one thing is that we should all uh, take an after. If you don't like what's happening in the country right now, write uh, emails, uh, Ron Paul, he got everyone in our, our industry years ago to write letters. That was before the internet, before emails. And he said, here's a bad bill going through Congress. We have to fight it and so on. And uh, all the, uh, the publishers of newsletters then alerted their subscribers and urged them to write a letter to Washington. And he got thousands of letters written to, uh, to Congress people. And he said it was so effective in uh, wow. stopping some of the bad legislation. Now we can do it so much easier. Just go to the website of uh, emails for uh, U.S. members of Congress, and you can get the email addresses of all your representatives. Send them an email of what you really want them to do. You know, if you don't like, the, you know, uh, here, uh, what is it now? Like 10 million people, many of them criminals and terrorists coming across our border, then do something about it. Get those people to get off their butts in Washington and do something for the money that we pay them. You know, this is a horrible what's passing, what's uh, happening. Bert, I think that's uh, really wise words. I think a lot of times we think, oh, what's, you know, what difference could an, an email or a letter make? But um, I think you raise a really important point that we have to get involved. We, look what they're doing in difference. Yeah. yeah, Daniel, look what they're doing in Europe now. Thousands of tractors on the freeways, you know, blocking traffic and so on, just to call attention to the fact that if, uh, Germany now, it was the Netherlands before, they're trying to drive the farmers out of business. It seems like there's an agenda on the way to stop food food production. We should all mm -hmm. uh, all go to and eat bugs. And I, I don't know about you, but I have a friend. She's very radical, and uh, she was offering. Uh, bugs one time to her guests at her house you know i didn't start have training because, ourselves yeah but but the bugs have a lot of parasites inside of them. you know they, they're finding this out now you don't want to eat not even one of them you know so but this is what's happening look at all the chicken farms millions of chickens going up in fire you know this is this has never happened before chicken farms around the country i think one was uh two days ago yeah, burned burned up. It was incredible. So why are they trying to stop food production? I don't know. It was in Texas. Texas chicken farm engulfed for hours in a massive right. blaze right. Uh, just uh, just uh, just this week. So um, I I don't know what's behind all this, Bert. Um, but we'll keep uh, we'll keep digging. Yeah, but in the meantime, and... be safe. Forget all this garbage that they try to sell you on Wall Street, like the NFTs. You know the 
uh, those are worthless uh, things, you know. And but people buy and say, "Well, but look at all the money you can make." Bitcoin. My God, I've had discussions with people about Bitcoin and all the cryptos. You know, we've got over three thousand cryptos out there, but eighty percent of them have gone bankrupt. Down where people lost everything, and uh, Bitcoin you won't is touch be Bitcoin, enough. right? You don't touch oh, Bitcoin. No. Show me where the intrinsic value is. If you can't even, you have a Bitcoin that, let's say, has a market value of forty thousand dollars. You can't even go to a bar and uh, at a at a crypto conference in Miami and get a beer for it. The forty thousand dollar Bitcoin, you can't even buy a beer for it. So if you can't buy a beer for it, it's not worth anything. <laughs> All right, Bert Doman, it's always a pleasure catching up with you. You can read uh, more from Bert with his Wellington letter. I hope to see you in person very soon. It's it would be long. great. It would be great. Okay. Thank you, Dan. You don't have to twist my arm to come to Hawaii. So Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll just send you an invitation. How's that? There you go. Thank you, Bert. Okay. And all thank right. you all for watching. We'll have more great content coming your way. So be sure to stay tuned to the Daniela Camboni Show. And don't forget to sign up to stay on top of it all at DanielaCamboni.com. That's it for me. We'll see you soon on ITM Trading. And I wish all your listeners the best in the markets and the health. Health there you is go. more important than money. Absolutely. Okay. Amen to that. All right. Take care. Thank Bye. you.